Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. All right. So welcome back to the Lifestyle Chase. It's been a long hiatus. Um, I've been busy. I haven't quite had time to uh, keep up with the episodes, but I am pleased and privileged to bring back a, uh, a guest who has been on the show a few times, Mr. Jason Leonards. How are you doing today? I'm great, brother. How are you? Thanks for having me back on. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the, the big focal point for me with these conversations is uh, this podcast is rejuvenating. Like it's, it's something where I always get takeaways from these conversations. I hope that the audience does as well. Um, so today, as I started out my day, like I kind of started out with a, a training session at 6.30, then 7.30, then setting up a client consultation for later after this episode and doing a bit of remote work. But the thing that was like the focal point for me was our conversation together is kind of like uh, looking forward to the sun coming up kind of thing. Um, and so it's just like super cool to get this opportunity to just like stop what we're doing for the day and catch up and fill in the gaps between last time and this time. I have uh, since your last appearance, I've stopped numbering the episodes because I realized, <laughs> well, I mean, like it was a lot of episodes. Yeah. And I realized it discourages people from going back. Cause they're like, Oh man, that's a small number. That's not valuable to me. And I'm like, what if I don't give them numbers? What if they have to guess like when it was recorded? <laughs> I can um, play that game with you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, it's kind of like how, when a client asks you how many reps are left. Oh, you've got two reps left. <laughs> always. That's the golden rule. I actually, admittedly, I explained that to one of my newer clients. I was like, you know, there's, there's like an unspoken rule or joke amidst trainers and coaches internationally that if we aren't counting or if we're not quite sure it doesn't matter how fatigued you look or anything there's two more reps right 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 we'll maybe, with, maybe three but oh probably yeah two. <laughs> we can say it with a straight face um we another trainer will agree with us even if they were actually counting it's just one of those things. It's one of the things that brings people together is that uh, two more reps rule. Um, but I've kind of brought us up to speed on my day. Let's talk about your day. Like what, what, what was the day in life for you today? You know, I, we were talking about this just for a moment offline and I, I figured I would, you know, hold it for just a second before we hit record. But I, I am one of those people uh, who, when, when Sunday is coming to a close, my mind starts to take like a little bit of a detour and I'm like, all right, I got to start focusing on the next week. I'm one of these folks that doesn't dread Mondays. I look forward to Mondays because I'm like, all right, we're going to, we're going to rock and roll. And I think about all the things that I have going on and I, it's a, I mean, it's a damn busy day, you know? And, and so I look forward to that. I get excited about it. And so I come to the studio, I get here at about 4.50, maybe 4.45 in the morning, that this morning. And uh, I see that my door, the door to my office is closed. And what that tells me is that my cleaning crew was here on Sunday. That's typically when they come. And normally is their way of letting me know that they've cleaned the studio. 
is they close the doors to the bathroom and they close the doors to my office. So I'm thinking about all the things I need to do before clients start up, you know, start showing up at like 515 in the morning. And I go to, you know, latch my office door and it's locked. And I'm like, I don't have a key for this door as in I have never had a key for this door. And I've been in this, I've been in this spot for almost five years, but my door never gets locked. So I don't need a key. Uh, and then I started thinking about, okay, so let's kind of go through this process in my mind. Do I need to be in my office right now? Like how much of the work that I need to get done can I do just on my phone or connecting to Wi-Fi with my laptop or whatever? And there were a few things that it was like, you know, it would be really nice to get into my office right now, <laughs> but I couldn't do it. So I just started to try to get as much work as I could, could done on my phone, just, you know, because I could still access Wi-Fi and all that stuff. And, and it was it was inconvenient, but you know, it's not the end of the world. There's so many worse things that could happen. However, I had to call the locksmith and go, Hey, can you, uh, can you come and help a brother out? And, uh, and it took them longer than they anticipated. We actually, the way my office is set up, I have my office door that leads right in from the studio floor, but then I also have a door that goes back to the parking lot. Well, my master key that gets me into the front can't get me in through the back. So I had no access. And so I finally just said to the locksmith, if you're having trouble getting into my office door, do you want to try the outdoor access and see if you can get in that way? So, you know, a certain kind of person, and I'm actually doing a post about this tomorrow on social media because it just kind of made me laugh. Um, a certain kind of person would look at that and go, my entire day is ruined because things are not just so. And not that I don't kind of fall into those traps from time to time, because I'm very much a, you know, creature of habit and I like things to be just so. And when they're not, it's like, damn, <laughs> but this was one of those mornings that it was just like, just take a breath. It's not a big deal. You can still get the majority of what you need to done. And, you know, once I was able to like get back in, it was like, I had a few things to take care of that took me probably 15 minutes. Uh, from the comfort of my <laughs> office chair. And, uh, and, you know, we're just full steam ahead. So yeah, that's, that's a weird Monday for me. Normally, it's like, no, it's just everything's, everything's good. But today, everything was just a little bit weird. So that's how my day started. Well, I think stories like that are incredibly important and relatable for a lot of people that uh, work with us as clients. Um, and the, the key example that stands out to me is in a lot of cases, I've worked with people who are struggling because they feel like they missed out on something and the whole day is a wash. But the truth is that uh, they can basically like, uh, I often use the term like transpose as like taking the example from their lifestyle and transposing it to their fitness or nutrition arena. Um, and they can do the exact same thing that they would do in an area that they have the highest competence. Like a lot of times people that are having a hard time with their nutrition are completely doing a really good job with their business. Right. Like maybe they own like a hair salon or maybe they own like a, a restaurant or something. And year over year, they're able to increase their profits. And so they have systems in place and ways that they bounce back and things that they do to kind of re- restructure their focus or see the wins or see how they have to improve quarter over quarter. And it's just in enlightening them on that, that skill set that they have, and then showing them how to use that within their nutrition. 
um, can be a, a game changer because then they can start to realize, well, they have like resiliency and they have a way that they reframe situations. And then all of a sudden, if like, if they missed their workout or something, they can look at their step count. And if they missed their protein, they can look at their calories and be able to see what they did well and then build on that for the next day. So I'm hoping that people are able to kind of see the opportunity as a coach and just the relatability as a client within that. Absolutely. And, and it's, I, I mean, I love doing stuff like that. In fact, I, I think I probably take a lot of liberties with my, my blog just to kind of talk about some of those similarities. And of course, you know, as, as coaches, especially when we're coaching things like nutrition, it's really easy to make these pretty fascinating parallels between money and nutrition uh, from a host of different uh, perspectives. Uh, but I, I love doing stuff like that just because I think that the more people can remove the emotional attachment of the struggle from what they're struggling with, the more they can go, oh yeah, I guess it isn't all that different from the struggles that I have with parenting and the struggles that I have in my workplace and perhaps the struggles that I have in my social relationships where it's like, it's okay if things aren't quite going the way that I want them to go. You know, like parenting is a great example because, you know, I've, I've got two boys, one who has autism and one who is neurotypical. And I don't know what it means to be a perfect parent. Like, absolutely not. And it doesn't mean that like, if I feel like I had a bad day as a parent, that I trade my child in and get one who works better for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> it's not the way it works. It's no, you just, you keep trying and you keep accepting the fact that some days you're going to nail it. And I feel like, good job, dad. And some days it's like, wow, I kind of, I, I missed the mark on that one, but I got another opportunity. So, yeah. Well, that's been a very common occurrence that I've seen within all of our colleagues and friends who have become like new parents in the past couple of years is they are learning like how like no matter how much they prepared for this moment because like a lot of us are fairly obsessed with the things that we take on and which we'll do like as much research as we can and feel like we got everything lined up we're going to do it better than anybody else ever did and then you just turn out it, it turns out that just things just catch you off guard and not every day is going to be splendid or perfect and there's going to be some weird like curveballs get that get tossed your way and any of the knowledge that I have on this is just simply due to the volume of conversations that I've had around the topic, but it's just so enlightening to be able to see just how human everybody is, like no matter how accomplished someone is in their life and how wise they are and how much knowledge they have and credentials they're still going to make mistakes and they're still going to have to own them and oh, yeah. their mistakes are never going to be like anybody else's mistakes. So even if you compare notes, it's not going to give anybody any shortcuts. You're still going to have to learn your own version of the journey, which uh, very comparable to our, our careers as well, which Absolutely. on that note, um, you've recently been doing some new stuff within your career, which is really exciting. And I want to talk about it. So like, let's unpack that. Like now you're doing something new that you weren't doing since the last time you were on the show. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. I was like, God, the last time that I was on your show did, was this even like a, like a thing. And I don't think that it was. So um, I graduated from Mac nutrition uni uh, last year, last spring. So roughly this time last year. And it was hard and I have no, no qualms about saying how difficult it was. I was one of those people that when I went into the program, I 
when I saw what the workload was like, I was like, ah, I've been doing this for a while. You know, I could probably get by with the bare minimum of like effort and studying and applying and all that stuff. And man, I was wrong. Um, you know, I'm, I would imagine they'd probably change the testing protocols, you know, every year and for all the students and all that stuff, just to reduce the uh, potential for cheating and that kind of thing. Um, but that test whooped my ass and and I have like zero hesitation about saying it, but it was it, it was tremendously rewarding and I was like when I was done. Number one, I didn't want to I didn't want to do any continuing ed at all. I was like I'm I'm, I'm mentally shot and number two, I didn't really know what else was going to come from it and uh, Dr Spencer Nadolsky, who I would imagine you know who he is. Uh, is someone who I've been following in our industry for a very long time. He was probably one of the first 20 guests on my podcast. Um, he was going to be starting a nutrition coaching program, but first he was going to be launching uh, an exercise platform. And so this information started to kind of dribble out late 2021. And he was looking at the time specifically for MNU grads to join him for the Big, Big Rocks Nutrition, well, what's now called Big Rocks Nutrition. And so initially it was myself and uh, three ladies that he pulled from the program. Um, we started beta testing the beginning of this year and, um, and just trying to work with the software and understanding really what, what Spencer wanted to give the, the public. And so it sort of worked as a branch of LiftRx, which was his exercise platform. And uh, he's been doing some soft launches along the way. And so there are now a couple more coaches that have been added to the program. And uh, and we, we still haven't done like an official, official launch, but it's enough that like, I have enough clients now with, um, with Spencer and with Big Rocks that I had to start looking at my own schedule and the way that I started to do my work. And that included the, the sessions that I do here at RevFit on the training floor. It included my blog. It included my podcast. It included all the work that I was doing remotely for Spencer's clients. And I, you know, I'm, I've been able to kind of pride myself historically on being a fairly productive person. And I don't mind working a lot of hours in the day. And I don't mind being tired at the end of the day. Cause I'm like, damn, like we did good things. We helped good people like, you know, small ripple in a big pond. And, um, and then I kind of got to the point where it was like, okay, I, I just can't do it all. And I, if, if I want to do it all, something is going to suffer. Uh, and I wasn't going to sit around to watch what was going to suffer. So the thing that I cut was the podcast and that's a fairly recent, um, uh, decision. So, uh, the work with Spencer and big rocks has been awesome. It's been awesome. He is a wonderful person to work with and for the coaches that I get to work with are all just, they're, they're great. Like I think that he just, so far he's done a tremendous job uh, just kind of keeping everything just flowing and realizing that they're like, like any new venture, there's going to be things that don't run as smoothly as you want them to. And it's just trying to streamline those processes so that the people that come into the program get the best treatment that we can give them. And so it's been awesome, like to be able to go from the work that I do face to face with RevFit with a, you know, just a handful of online clients to having many more online clients through Big Rocks has just, it's been awesome. But like anything, uh, it, it takes time. So, yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. And the cool thing from, from my vantage point is I've actually been able to see uh, 
Martin McDonald and uh, Spencer Nadalski present in person back in yeah. 2018. They came to Edmonton yeah. and that was uh, basically right at the moment when I started as a self-employed trainer. Um, they were actually hosted at a conference that was hosted by the gym that closed and they closed and then they hosted the conference and then that was it. Then I was on my own. Um, but nonetheless, it was just to be able to see firsthand uh, how they think and how they act and how they operate and to know that uh, you've been around some pretty big brains um, and you've gotten to bring your talents to something like that because as a uh, fellow podcast host, you have this ability to connect um, that is like the way that podcast hosts connect with people is different than your average person because of the volume of different conversations that we've had and the practice that we've had in listening. Because if we're not able to listen to the right things, then we're not able to keep something going for long enough. Like right. we can't keep a conversation going. We can't retain an audience. There are so many metrics and like things that we have to deliver on in order to get the outcomes that we need. Um, and then speaking to the, the challenges of that certification, I know quite a few people who have taken it and nobody has had an easy time. It's like yeah. nearly broken many people. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very humbling undertaking. And because of that, it's almost like scared me out of even approaching it. Not that I can't take on a challenge. I'm just like, cool. I have to be in a much different space in my life to take yeah. on a challenge like that. Yeah. You almost have to reserve more bandwidth for it. Well, I think it's that. And I mean, like if you and I were having the conversation of like, hey, Jason, do you think I should or shouldn't do it? I, I would, the first question I would ask you is number one, what kind of time do you have to commit to it? Because I would tell you whatever time I spent, I probably needed to double it um, just to make sure that I was comprehending everything that was there. Now, on that note, I have actually talked to a few other people who, you know, were sort of looking at MNU and also looking at some other, I don't want to say comparable certifications, but other things that might give them more than just rudimentary nutrition information. Like, well, and I'm not sure who all is going to tune into this, but I, I guess I'll just say it like this. For the for the general population that's tuning into this, when you get a personal training certification, there there is information about nutrition, but it's pretty nuts and bolts. Um, and then you have a lot of options if you want to take that nutrition certification or nutrition information further, and you can run the, that chain pretty far up. Uh, this is shy of getting, say, a degree in dietetics, which not everybody wants to do. Um, but there are actually some people that I've, I've said specifically based on their clientele and what they want to work with their clientele on. I'm like, I don't think that you need to do MNU because number one, at least based on the curriculum, the way that I've seen it. They're not even going to give you XYZ things that you're looking for. So you might want to go this direction instead. And perhaps that's more cost effective. Perhaps it's less labor intensive. Perhaps it's not quite as stressful, you know, whatever. I just, MNU was something to me that I knew was going to be, I knew it was going to be a challenge. And I also knew that I wanted, I wanted the challenge. And I felt like when and if I took it, I was going to come out of it a better practitioner. And I absolutely agree that I like fulfilled all of those things. Um, I just had no idea that it would lead to Spencer's door because, you know, at that point in time, you know, I had no idea what was, what he was going to be dealing with, uh, 
you know, those kind of program options, but yeah, it, it's, it's been cool. So, you know, and we're roughly what, six months in. So that's, that's pretty cool. So. Well, I mean, there, there's a lot of takeaways from that. First of all, how much time can pass and how fast time passes. Yeah. I know for myself, like the last, uh, the last six months quite literally have flown by. Um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting with just like people in my life who have grown up fast, like my nieces, they're just like getting old real quick. And it has opened my eyes to the fact that 10 years passes fast. Um, the cool side of this whole equation is the compound effect of what if we start something today and what could it be 10 years from now? Um, and being able to be in this space where we, every little interaction that we have and every little skill in our toolkit that we have can impact a person a little bit today, but maybe in amazing ways, 10 years from now, and maybe they in turn inspire other people in their lives. Um, something that I got the chance to experience just yesterday was for day two of uh, Dr. Pat Davidson's presentation. He actually had a very passionate speech about fitness in society and to kind of give like the shortened version it was basically like uh talking about the the tough takeaways of the past couple of years no matter what perspective a person has on it and just how there has never been a more urgent time for wellness as a whole whether it be nutrition or fitness more of one and more of the other or a combination of the two because of how much has dramatically changed in two years that would normally take place over the course of like five years or 10 years because it was so concentrated in a way that has never been before. So whether that be the isolation, whether that be the stress, whether that be the health complications, whether that be um, just access to resources, like right. some people just couldn't access uh, the gym that they were used to accessing or some people uh, took a pay cut and so they had to move to a different house maybe they don't take the stairs anymore so many different things and so in hearing that from someone who's been doing like every time I hear from anybody in the industry about how much passion that they have even doing the thing today um, it makes it so much more worthwhile to dive into those rabbit holes that kind of take you have to have some skin in the game to um to be able to take that next leap and so for you to be able to see that you were willing to do whatever it took to accomplish this goal even though you might have been able to kind of like do whatever you wanted to do without it but you wouldn't have had nearly the same fulfillment and opportunity and knowledge of yourself and knowledge of your clients had you not done that scary thing um yeah well it it the other thing too that I, I I know I talked to some people about this right when I finished the program, but it was um you know there were some things based on the the amount of information that I got in there. It's like hmm, I don't know that I'll ever be able to actually apply this particular facet to what I do, and and that's just based on the demographic that I coach, and that's okay. Um, it's something that if I need to refer back to it, I certainly can so that I can absorb the information more. But the one thing that I think was probably the most valuable thing that I took from the course was that the things that I believed and held to be true at that moment, it gave me a deeper sense of confidence about. 
And what's interesting about that, um, using that word specifically, is because once we started with big rocks, um, and once we got through the beta testing where we got the first like push of like a surge of clients, you know, we're pulling people from all over the world. And these are people that all bring a very different history of dieting to the, uh, to the table. And it's different than coaching people face-to-face where it's that gradual sort of drip of clients that you get where you know you're going to see somebody who may also be a fat loss client come through two to three times a week where you know that conversations about nutrition are not going to happen every single time they come in because you're going to get caught up talking about their families or their work stress, or you're focusing on the workout, or you're just, you're catching up on the weekend, but you're not talking about nutrition. Whereas the people that are coming into Big Rock's nutrition, they are there specifically for nutrition coaching. And what I found kind of fascinating and a little discouraging um, was the fact that so many of these clients have no sense of self-confidence. They don't believe they can do the thing. And so if they, and, and, you know, fault could be on a lot of different places for that. It could be the way that they were raised. It could be neglectful parenting. It could be relationships they were involved in that, that, you you know, just sort of pulled down their own sense of, I can do this. And perhaps it was bad coaches, you know, like they, they work with different nutrition programs and they've tried different diets and they've done this type of, you know, diet philosophy and what it left them with is, and I hate to make it sound dramatic, is it made them look a little, feel a little like broken, like something is wrong with me. I can't lose the weight. And if I lose the weight, I can't keep it off. Therefore, I am a broken individual. And so a lot of my conversations were about and are about instilling a sense of confidence. Like you've got this, it's going to be okay. And so that part, and especially again, because it was almost like a trial by fire. Like once, once you got that, bur- that burst of clients and, and this was something that I think across all of our coaches on the, on staff, we all kind of agreed with this because it's like, you're learning the software and you've got the new clients like boom, 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 boom. And, um, and so it was just a lot. And then to see these patterns where you're like, I mean, Chris, you know, this as a coach confidence will make or break will make or break you as a business owner as a, as a person who who you know in a in a relationship uh, as a parent as a it doesn't matter confidence affects everything and so to be able to repeatedly have that conversation with people was very eye opening so i think that confidence is one of these things that i think when you get it you have to remember that you've got you have the tools to succeed at all times. Um, there's very few people that I know that don't have what they need to succeed. They just need to be reminded they can succeed and that failure isn't exactly a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think I can be crude on this podcast. <laughs> you can fuck it up. Like, you are allowed to fuck it up. Um, and you'll learn a lot from, from that. Uh, but you got to pay attention. And so it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I've, so the, what MNU taught me as a nutrition coach was it gave me a greater sense of confidence while also saying there's still so much more that I have to learn. And as I'm starting to apply that to Big Rock's clients is trying to reinstill, I want you to have the same sense of confidence that I do, that you can do it 
but you're going to make mistakes. And these things can live in harmony. I'm so glad that you brought up confidence within this conversation because it's been something that I've found to be very prominent in multiple arenas. First one being just like, I completely agree. A lot of people who are struggling in any entity that we help with, whether that be fitness, whether that be nutrition, and regardless of whether it was because of another um, professional's impact on them or whether it was just like the human experience that we are all having now on this earth that is widely influenced by social media like confidence is such a huge catalyst and if i reflect back on the last like five to six years of my journey and through it all the segments of growth and the times when i've overcome setbacks the, the differentiator was someone who was able to find a way for me to have more confidence. And it's been in such unique ways. And I'll try to unpack some of them. The first instance being um, like my entry into the fitness industry was taking spin classes. Um, essentially, I got the news from my, my past girlfriend that uh, she didn't think the relationship was going to work out. And I just wanted to show that I had the initiative to kind of work on myself. And so I got like 10 days to work on myself. And so on day one of those 10 days, I enrolled at a local spin studio and I signed myself up for like 30 consecutive classes, just like out of the gates, signing up at the 6 a.m. time slot for all those days. And then I just never stopped. Right. That That's how I got into this industry. And the uh, the people that I met and just the the words that they were able to use and the tools that they were able to have to show, hey, like you kind of feel like you're dying on this bike now, <laughs> but uh, you can press just a bit further. You can push yourself just a bit more and still be within your capacity and make it to see the other side. And I was able to transpose that to career obstacles. And then that layered on towards me seeing that, well, if I don't feel a purpose in my former job, I can just push a little bit in a different direction and make it work. And I was able to utilize that as well in like, I've talked to a lot of new trainers recently and they get very discouraged because the first place that they go to doesn't hire them or because they have like a setback or something. And so quite often I'm like, Hey, want me to list off all the businesses in this city that didn't hire me, that didn't answer my email, all these other things. Um, Because I get the impression that people see me like five years into my journey and think that I would never have been that person that kind of struggle bust through all this stuff. But what has helped in those moments is by showing, just showing a desire and effort to have that change and just kind of, showing up with my end of the bargain. And then that in turn kind of uh, m- creates this uh, magnet for people who help. So right. over the course of my career, I have shown effort in any direction that I am capable of, whether that be a labor job, whether that be helping a friend move, whatever it may be. And then they have seen that I am willing to put in effort. And so then they just need to give me direction. And then in turn, they've guided me towards different mentors, 
different resources, different little opportunities where I have to continue to put in the work, but then I'm able to kind of get a little win and then I can layer onto that win, layer onto that win. Um, and then that in turn gives confidence. And so over the course of my career, like 2020, I've been, uh, I've gotten to work with so many smart, smart people who have kind of shown me the ropes and given me their time to be like, Hey, like, uh, this would be the smarter way to run your business, or this would be the smarter way to do exercise selection. Or if you're going to have this conversation, use this tone. Right. Um, and that in turn has given me confidence to move forward to the next step. And it's just been such an integral thing. And now it's like the foundation of everything that I do. Um, because I have colleagues in the industry that I work alongside with and they give me confidence. I give them confidence rather than feeling like it's me against the world, feeling like I got to be better than everybody. It's more right. of a collaborative effort and it almost like uh, bulletproofs you so that when tough things happen, you are working with so many people that as a coach, you position yourself to hold on to that confidence so you can instill that in other people and then in turn show those other people how to create that environment and space for themselves. And I know that you have a very similar spot to me in which you have your colleagues to lean on both in the uh, brick and mortar space and in the online space. And I think it's, it's the way to do it. It's the way to see it because there's so many instances where we can have an interaction with somebody and because they're not willing to be open to the fact that like, they just want to get to that next level. They just want to be that much better. They close the doors to that opportunity to have somebody help them. So it's, it's great to see that uh, you are able to not only provide that environment for these coaches in your facility, but to also benefit from that environment in the online space. And then in turn, bring that over to your coaches in the brick and mortar and vice versa. Like, new coaches i was in my conversation with uh he's just working on getting his certification i was talking to him yesterday and i was saying that like uh in your journey to become a coach there are so many things that uh you would think would go one way and they'll go another way right and so you just have to be resilient to just keep going and i also said that with that said, you being the new person, the veterans in the industry have something to learn from you, whether they like it or not, whether they they're open to it or not, because each person that comes into the space has unique life experiences, has a unique body in which they're going to cue an exercise different, whether we like it or not, because they had a different experience. They have a different muscle sensation. They have a different, uh, they're from a different demographic. Like there's so many of these different things that in turn contribute to the career of everybody else in the room, because sometimes we think we just got it nailed and somebody wasn't hearing what we were saying. And the new guy comes in, says it different. And somebody finally understands how to do a rear foot elevated split squat. Like that could be how simple it is. Right. So it's, it's cool that uh, you talked about confidence. I kind of took over the show for a second there. Yeah. Hey, it's, <laughs> you're allowed, man. <laughs> Cause it all applies. Cause here's the thing um, it, to, to kind of circle back to some things that you said, when you 
we're talking about confidence as it applied to you. You know what the 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 book that we as coaches can often refer to as mindset, Carol Dweck's mindset, and what it shows me by the things that you went through to get to where you are today is that you had more of a growth mindset than a fixed mindset. You didn't have a lot of self-limiting beliefs. You didn't, if, you, if there was a story that you were telling yourself that was not a productive story, you had the avenues to get out of that. You had opportunities to learn something from where you were at. And all of our clients can learn from, you know, from that. Um, something that I have been trying to do, and, you know, I, I, it's kind of funny when I say this now, but I, I'm, the, the end of this year will mark my 15th year since I've been certified. And, and it's kind of hard for me to like wrap my head around, wow, I've been doing this for 15 years. And I still feel kind of new. Like, I still feel like there's a lot of stuff I don't know how to do. And I recently started experimenting a lot with the things that I was doing specifically on Instagram, because I, when I first got on Instagram, I played with Instagram by Facebook's rules. And I was like, well, whatever I put on Facebook, I'll just put it on Instagram because it, the content's already there. But that's not the, that's not the way you play on Instagram. You have to play by a different set of rules because it's different algorithms. And it took me a long time to come around to that. Part of it was just stubbornness. And part of it was laziness. Like it was just, I don't want to change. I've already got cool things I want to show off. I want to do what I do on Facebook because it works on Facebook. And part of it was because uh, I don't want to learn how to do something new. But what's been interesting about changing what I do is that now that I'm playing a little bit closer to Instagram's playbook is it forces me to think about things in a different way. When you do something like a reel and you only have 30 to 90 seconds to get your point across, plus whatever content you put in you know, below the post, you have to think about things from a very different place. And I'm I'm a guy who's come from like, I write blogs, I do podcasts, I can do things longer form. Well, that's not the way Instagram works. Instagram says, keep it simple and keep it short, stupid. You know what I mean? Because that's what, that's what this platform is for. And so I've been experimenting a lot because I'm like, okay, I want to see what works. And I want to play around with posting things at different times. And I want to see what my analytics show in terms of like, when do I get the most views and all this other stuff. And I'm not doing it for the purpose of, can I get more business? I'm doing it for the purpose of, I want to see what grows the audience because I don't need the business. If I get the business, great, but it's not like I'm starving and I'm rubbing all my pennies together. And so what I found is that there are things that I, and I'm glad that I knew this, that I knew and understood this from all the years I've been doing the blog, but there are things that I wrote that it's like, that's going to do really well. And it doesn't. And Instagram is exactly the same. There's a post that I'm that I do, and I'm like, this one's gonna, I'm, I'm gonna nail it. People are gonna share it. They're gonna stick it into their stories. They're gonna bookmark it. They're gonna do all the things, and everybody's gonna love that skinny bald bastard in Ohio. And nothing. And one of the best examples of this, for me, was exercise videos. So I started posting myself demonstrating exercises and like, hey, here's a free workout. There you go. They are some of the poorest performing videos that I have by comparison. And I find that kind of interesting and I'm thinking, okay, why is it, why does it not perform well? Does it not perform well because I'm not jacked? Like 
That's not why I lift. <laughs> I don't lift to look like Andrew Coates. Andrew Coates looks great, but Andrew Coates is Andrew Coates. Uh, who's another guy that you know that we share in someone? Uh, Alan Bacon, another a, another great human being. And Alan is jacked. You know what I mean? But I'm never going to look like Alan. So is it because I am a skinny dude that maybe like that's not what quote unquote sells on Instagram? Okay, cool. I'll scrap it. I'm not so emotionally invested in that thing that it's like. Why don't people love me? <laughs> I just want to be loved. Um, so I start changing things and it's like, okay, I want to have fun. Like I want to do things that like make me smile or make me laugh or whatever. But I also want to do things that like get people to think. So I've gotten my son to, uh, my, my youngest Sebastian to get on reels with me and talk about stuff. And my wife for the very first time did a reel with me the other day. And that was really cool. And just trying different things. I like, I like making my mind do things it's uncomfortable doing. And again, this, you know, now this episode is, it's probably going to be dominated by the whole sense of confidence, <laughs> but that's kind of what it takes. It's like, don't get so caught up in the minutiae. Like sometimes these little minor details, they just really don't matter. You got to look at a bigger picture. And the bigger picture for me, especially with Instagram, and is for someone that I'm not paying somebody else to do this stuff. I'm having to do it all on my own, is things that you think are going to work don't work. Things that you think won't work, work pretty well. Um, be consistent. Have fun for Christ's sakes. Like find something that you enjoy in this process. And God knows if you're dieting, you're going to have to find things that are fun because dieting by itself sucks. Um, and that, this is for somebody who, this is how I feed my family <laughs> and I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to polish a turd dieting sucks. Um, but you know, you, you have to just kind of keep in mind that like, this is all about a long game. Like, what are you learning as you're going through this process? And what I'm learning as I'm trying all this stuff on Instagram is that number one, I'm still having fun. And that's, I think the number one thing for me is I'm having fun. I'm watching the analytics very loosely to go, oh that did really well. Oh, that flopped. Okay, cool. Um, and just realizing that, you know, I'm going to keep making content. It's going to be okay. And whoever it attracts is who it attracts. And that's just the way that it was all designed to be. So yeah, that's a very long-winded <laughs> response. Well, it was very purposeful and it aligns with a lot of the direction that I've taken in the last like few months. Um, if I go back to just before June, I actually, well, first I got rid of my Lifestyle Chase Instagram account because I was going to simplify my presence on Instagram. I was realizing that I am the podcast. Like there is no, there's not like a trainer, Chris, and a podcast, Chris. There is just Chris who has a podcast and is a trainer and does a lot of other things. And I just found that for people to really get to know the depth of what I have to offer, it's a lot easier to illustrate that through one like stream. And another thing that I did was I realized like, I've always been someone who has never had trouble putting stuff out on the internet. It's always like, boom, 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 boom. And that's all good and fun. But if it's not getting me into like the, the big picture direction that I want to go, then is it wasted effort? Like, is it purposeful? Because there's a lot of ways that I can deconstruct my thoughts, whether that be through a journal whether that be through connecting on a podcast and there I almost have more competency 
in connecting with people one-on-one in a way such as this, rather than writing it out on a long, heartfelt post, I can just speak to it with uh, the tone in my voice and with the emotion and with everything that people can actually understand where I'm coming from and they get the context and they get the minutia and they don't misunderstand it because it's like clear and plain as day. Um, And so what I ended up doing is leading up to June, I actually got rid of like 2,500 posts on my Instagram. I, uh, I backed them all up. They're all on my external hard drive. Same with the lifestyle chase, but it, it was such a cool moment because a lot of what I have done over the years was documented on my Instagram. I didn't use Instagram until I started going to those spin classes and the start of Instagram for me was instilling confidence in myself. And then I used it to remind myself that I could do this. I could make this career work. And I used it to connect with people that have helped me out through different job opportunities. And I used it to fill classes for spin classes. And I used it to get some of my first clients and all of that, a person could have gone back through the time capsule and seen that whole journey. And what I was realizing is that uh, I've grown so much as a person over five years, six years even, that I'm, I'm not that same person that I was before. And so if people go back and they see that version, they're missing out on, on all that I have to offer today. And so I thought, okay, I'll clean the slate. You are now meeting the new reinvented version of me. And when it comes to content creation, like I am someone who on any given day, because of the other contracting work that I do, I create like 50 pieces of content a day sure. um, through all kinds of different avenues. And whether that be in podcast form, video form, uh, Canva post form. So I'm able to kind of disseminate like what speaks to me when I'm trying to use my voice and just what just speaks, what speaks to another brand. And it's, it's made me that much more introspective when I go and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make something. And I am aware that this might not land the way that uh, I wish that it would. But I think for the people that gravitate to my stuff the most, it would be effective. Sure. Um, like oftentimes our impact, we're, we're deceived by the metrics of social media because we think that to have an impact, we have to have like high engagement on that platform. But truth be told, in most cases, our impact is seen off the platform. And the best example that I have is in talking to um, fitness professionals in person who have like several decades of experience and them talking about how they really don't know what's going on on Instagram. And like, cause they just, they create their content. They set it up for somebody else. That other person posts it and they're out. And so they, they had no idea how they had an influence on other trainers careers and the magnitude of that influence. And they had no idea of other people that might've been like projecting their insecurities or their lack of confidence because that wasn't a fixture in their life. I think sometimes we forget we have the independence to say, I'm not going to look at Instagram today and I'm just going to text a friend 
or I'm just going to have like a direct video call. Like when, when I have this podcast with you and we're talking together, that's an hour that I'm not on Instagram and people can say whatever they want. And I'm not going to be the, I won't know. Right. Because I didn't give them my bandwidth. And the, the honest truth is like most of what is on Instagram isn't like it's, is real through some kind of a lens. But in most cases, if we were to experience it firsthand, we'd see it so much differently. Like if somebody gets a new dog, we're going to be excited and we're going to like that post. But if we were there with that dog owner and we had seen everything that they had to go through to get that dog, we wouldn't be jealous. We would be aligned with the amount of effort that it took. And we would kind of think about similar situations where we had to probably overcome some adversity and we'd be like, oh man, like nobody deserves that dog more than them. Like, I know that my time to get a dog will come and like, we can use that example in so many other things. Sure. But I just find that uh, the glamour and like what gets engagement is often the things that appeal and the things that kind of make us like, Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Like, if, if I post a workout video, people aren't going to like it. And like, I, I like to think I'm a strong guy, but there's always going to be somebody stronger than me. Like Dean Guido is always going to be stronger than me. So if he posts <laughs> a deadlift video, it's going to get more likes than my deadlift video. And just like you kind of talked about, that's just something that I can just own. And I know, I think my most engaged post was a picture of a potato. So Instagram might might just not be my space, <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I'm hoping that as we kind of draw our conversation to a close, that people are are understanding how important confidence is, how important um, just the collaboration with peers is, and how important it is to lean on uh, difficult challenges that might not be applicable to everything that you encounter in the future. But the challenge of it in itself will be valuable because it's, it's very similar to most of my personal training continuing education. Do I run into clients that are going to have me utilizing everything I just learned? Not necessarily, but right. will I be better for having experienced something that I didn't understand and being able to understand it better? Yes, because then when I am trying to understand everything that makes a person who they are, I'm going to know that's going to get uncomfortable I'm going to stick around and I'm going to lean into it until I get a better comprehension and until I'm able to mirror that back to the person so that they feel seen, so that it increases retention, so that they have trust, so that we can crush some goals. Right. Right. And I mean, like, even if we like dial it back, like in, you know, I, this won't be anything that you haven't heard and you probably heard it a lot more eloquently than the way that I'm about to say it, but Take it, take it back to your first spin class. Take it back to like the first time I ever walked into a gym. It's, I mean, chances are you were a pile of garbage that day. You know, it wasn't a good workout. You got throttled, you know, you, you, you flailed around and looked, you know, however you thought you looked, however you think you looked. And you probably were a little bit in your head about, God, I hope nobody's looking at me right now. And then you fast forward and you're like, wow, look at all the things that I can do. And, you know, I've, I've, I'm, hard carrying member of like the group of people that have been penned under a barbell. Like I know that feeling it's not, it's not fun and it hasn't happened in many, 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 many years, but I know that feeling. And so like, when you learn how to like get through things like that, when you realize, like learn that it's like, 
it's okay to start at step one or what feels like half a step. And then as you start to learn things, you're like, wow, I, I, I can actually do this. This is something that I, that I'm capable of. And then when you stretch it out, you know, kind of coming back to where the, the way the conversation started, you get to a point where you have enough confidence and enough ability and you've accomplished enough things that it's like, okay, now I need to kind of pull things back a little bit because where my confidence has put me is it's given me a lot of opportunities and I just can't take all the opportunities on. And so the, 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 the thought as I was thinking about it as, as you were wrapping up was I... I would like to think that maybe I could speak for both of us that it's a very humble confidence. Like I know I can do it, but I also know that I'm capable of other things um, and that it's okay to still like screw things up. It's okay to still like be in this ever evolving place of, I still need to learn and there's still things I wanna try. And that's exciting. Like I, I like that feeling because it means that like, I'm not ever gonna be bored you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it just, I, I, this stuff, like this conversation just makes me, it makes me feel good to talk about it. And especially knowing that like, we can just sort of like leave this conversation out in the world and go like, wherever you are, we know what that's like. We, we know <laughs> we've, we've been there and here I am, I'm, you know, closer to 50 than I am 40. And it's like, but I'm still learning and I'm still having a good damn time. So that's a, that's a good thing. I mean, that is a huge differentiating factor for anybody that wants to progress and grow and learn and have opportunity. Being in that mindset that uh, there's still more to go there. We haven't peaked and right. bringing up the, the, the presentation by Pat again, he also had a very passionate talk about how he wasn't done getting stronger. He wasn't done getting smarter. He's literally leading a two-day presentation, 16 hours of material that he has memorized. And he's probably going to refine it for next time. Like there's going to be new things that come up. He gave shout outs to other colleagues in the industry as to what things he's learned from other people. Um, that collaborative approach is something that uh, I really admire in, in all of my mentors. Everybody that I've learned from is able to give credit to the people that surround them and is able to understand that like, Nobody's in this by themselves and nobody's done. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is flawless. We are just showing up and doing the best that we can on that given day, similar to being locked out of your office and finding the things that you could do right? and managing the things that you couldn't until such a point came that you could do all the things. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I mean, just my gosh, be flexible. I think the, the way that I worded it for the post that's coming out tomorrow of course i don't know when this podcast is going to be released but um i think the way that i phrased it was you know when you look at this thing that's happening in your life this thing that deviated off course is it a catastrophe or is it an inconvenience and i think when you can kind of take a moment and think about that for a second like okay so my door was locked this morning it was a huge inconvenience you know there's bigger inconveniences, but it was like, damn, that's not the way I needed to start my day. But here we are, we're midway through the day. And it's like, man, if that is the worst thing that happens, it's a damn good day. Like life's okay. Absolutely. And on that note, we will draw our recording to a close. People are going to be able to find you at the episode description. I'm going to leave your website and your social media. So they're going to be able to track you down. And I highly encourage that they give you a follow. 
Um, are there any parting words that you like to share with the audience before we end things off? Uh, parting words. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that I could say anything better than, than the way that we've said it. I would just say that if you're like kind of putting a bow on the, com the conversation about confidence, um, it, it, like a lot of things, it ebbs and flows. And if you're struggling with it, find people that help lift you up because that is paramount to your success. And I've been fortunate that people that join into Spencer's Big Rocks program, that I've been able to work with them and, and help them with that. And sometimes confidence is more important than the conversation about calories, you know, because when they bow out of the program, which eventually they may have to do, uh, they're still going to have to have confidence about the process. And so it's like a lot of, I think, responsible coaches say, if I've done my job, I've given you the tools that you need to succeed. And if I've really done my job, um, I've provided an environment that makes you not want to leave. So it's, um, yeah, it's just, if you don't have confidence, find someone who helps you renew that sense of it. And if you do have confidence, ride that wave, baby, um, because it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it'll make or break you. Absolutely. So thanks so much for coming back on the show, on the show today, Jason. Thank you for having me.